Welcome to episode 94 of Stillness in the Storms. I'm Stephen Webb, your host, and it's the podcast that helps you to find a little inner peace when you need it most. And on today's episode, we're talking about how to suffer less. Embracing change, especially on the spiritual journey. And I think the spiritual journey sometimes gets a bad rep and I think is misunderstood. So I'm going to explain it from what the spiritual journey meant to me, what it means to me when I say we're going to suffer less, but we might feel more pain. And we'll just and talk a little bit about spiritual bypassing, what that is and why it's not a good idea. So just before that, I want to give you a little bit of news. 100 episodes is coming up and I've got something quite nicely planned for that episode. But I want to say thank you to everyone that gives me a virtual hug, which is effectively treating me to a coffee, donating and helping with the podcast. Thank you, guys. It's really deeply appreciated. Now, then this week I did something a little bit different. There was a homeless guy that I've known for quite a while and he's finding it difficult to see his screen on his little phone. So with your money, I bought him a tablet, which is going to be delivered in the morning and I'm going to take it down to him. So that's what I've done with your money this week. So I haven't put it on social media. I'm not going to take a picture. I'm not interested in any of those things. I just simply wanted to say to you, that's what I've done with your money this week. So thank you, you know. It really does make a difference when you donate to this podcast. Not only does it help me, not only does it help me, I'm trying to save up for my camera thing, but it also, I, I want to reduce suffering. And if I can reduce suffering in some way, helping the guy see his iPlayer or watch BBC, things like that, instead of just squinting on his phone, you know, that's reducing suffering. You can reduce suffering in all kinds of ways. It doesn't have to be deep and powerful and meaningful it can be a little way you know any old way but let's get on with today's show let's talk about how to suffer less embracing change on the spiritual journey now then first of all i'm going to share a bit of my story and the reason why i say that we can suffer less but we feel more when i started on a spiritual journey i did not know it was a spiritual journey I'm not religious. I don't believe in a deity up there, a God. I don't really, I don't know what I really believe in. I just, I'm very much a science-based person. Just because I don't know it, just because I cannot prove it, doesn't mean to say it's not real. So I'm not going to argue with you. But I do like to have some kind of tangible reason for believing something. And, but if I feel something deeply, then I'm not going to, deny it i'm not gonna run away from it so my whole practice really turned out to be zen and buddhism and that's because i just like mindfulness i like to stop and smell the roses so to use a phrase that's probably well overused but that is really really important when i'm driving down the hill i look at a leaf and i look at the color and go wow look at the color how did that leaf fall there how did it get that journey how did the and it just reduces my suffering because in the current moment, we're very likely not to be suffering. Right now, you're listening to this podcast. You're not really suffering. You know, if you are really suffering and you're burning or something's really going wrong in your life right now and you're taking time out to listen to the podcast, 
something's not quite right. But we feel like we're suffering all the time and we want to get rid of that suffering. Now then, when I set off on my spiritual journey, I wanted to get rid of pain. And there's a difference between pain and suffering. You know, just to get rid of all the pain, I didn't want to feel anything anymore. I was, I went for a particularly, I'm going to say nasty split up, but it wasn't a nasty split up. The split up was clean. They didn't cheat or anything. There wasn't any kind of bad thing like this. It was just unexpected. And it, boy, did it hurt really, really badly. And because they didn't prolong it, they didn't keep coming back to me and things like that, they basically cut off all ties and I could not contact them. It was really painful. And I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to think about what they were up to, what they were doing. And that was my pain. I, I literally couldn't sleep. I started drinking alcohol. I just, I was doing anything to avoid pain to the point that, yes, I did contemplate suicide. I contemplated not so much taking my life, but I contemplated reducing my suffering to a point that I wanted to get rid of the pain. Luckily, something stepped in and stopped me and gone, you know, maybe the pain won't be there tomorrow or the next day or next year. Maybe the wisdom I had from my teenage years and feeling a lot of heartache brain, I kind of knew down the road that it wasn't permanent. But it feels like it's permanent when we're in it, right? It really does feel like it's permanent. So I, all I wanted to do was reduce my pain. And I ended up reading a book that was on my iPad, which is really unusual because I don't read. I was diagnosed dyslexic when I was about nine years old by wonderful, wonderful teacher, Mrs. Hoban. And incidentally, I've met up with her since when I become mayor. She contacted me and said, and when I got that email through in the email, I said, I think I used to teach you. And I, and I went straight to the teacher name at the bottom. Of course you do, because you want to know who it is that just emailed you. And they said, Mrs. Hoban. I was like, oh my God, yes, you did. You were the one that made such a massive difference in my life. And I just bawled my eyes out. I couldn't even read the email. I'm wondering whether to share the story. But basically, I just got to a new school. I was pretty much bullied in that school. I didn't fit in. I used to sit at the back very quiet. And the teacher did something new that wasn't happening in my other school. And they would write on the board. And when they got to the bottom, they would scrub out the top. And I could never keep up. So I was writing it word for word. I could never keep up. And I was writing not what she was writing on the board. And having just been away in London or something, she told me the story when we met up just last year. She said, having been away in London or she knew a friend from London or something, they talked about this dyslexia. And she said, I think you're dyslexic. And of course I am. I can read. So when someone says, read that out to me, I can read it to you but I don't know what I just read. My brain cannot read it and understand it. So I can literally read a page and it might mention the character and they might be going on a canoeing trip down the river and someone said, well, what's the character's name and what were they doing? I'd be like, I don't know. It took all my focus just to read it. So I tell you this story because I found a book on my iPad called As a Man Thinketh. It's only about, I don't know, 40, 50 pages. But it was all about you're not what you think and you have control over what you do with your thoughts. So this book gave me a profound, deep insight while me having to read each paragraph 
20, 30 times, which was brilliant because I fell asleep. So not only did I need to hear this about 20 or 30 times, I needed something to fall asleep better than whiskey or alcohol that I was drinking at the time. Southern Comfort it was. Ugh, whiskey, who drinks that? Okay. <laughs> if you drink whiskey, I'm fine with you drinking whiskey. I just don't like it. It's a bit strong for me. Southern Comfort and Coke, that's mine. Nice and sweet. You know, I don't drink anymore. I don't drink anything. Anyway, you know me, I keep going off. So that was the start of my spiritual journey. I didn't know it was a spiritual journey. All I wanted to do was reduce my suffering. And while reducing my suffering, it gave rise to my seven-year-old self to be able to care more about others, to open my heart, to just have more compassion and empathy for others. Suddenly I was starting, I was starting to feel the pain of everything in the world. You know, a news story across the other side of the world was really debilitating me. It's like, how can we live in a world like this that these kind of things are happening? And then the spiritual journey went on to be less empathy and more compassion. So compassion is about what's happening with them as opposed to us. Empathy very much. And I speak about this on a few other podcasts, if you search through my podcast. Empathy is about us. It's like what I'm feeling for you. It's about me. Ironically, we think it's about them, but it's not. It's really about us, what we're feeling for them. So empathy is that someone comes over to you and says, do you know, I'm really tired today. I cannot cope anymore. I need... And they look up and go, yeah, I'm the same. So immediately flip it around. It's about them. What they think they're doing is giving you, like, comfort. They, they think they're matching your feelings and all that and they think they're giving you empathy but they're feeling what you're feeling but they're not actually having compassion for what you're feeling it's kind of complicated and i probably don't explain it very well let me know if i do in any of the comments email me let me know if i do go to stephenweb.com and there's a contact me if this makes sense or do i need to elaborate on it a little bit more but anyway going back to the compassion thing Suddenly I had more compassion for people. I had a lot of deep empathy, but I wasn't being pushed around by the empathy. It wasn't affecting my life quite so much. So if someone said to me, and I'm not always like this, don't get me wrong. If someone comes and says, I'm tired, and I'm tired as well, sometimes I go, yeah, I'm tired too. So I'm not always this saint with compassion and all that. In actual fact, very rarely I am. And this is why I'm working on it, you know. You may see me as my life is all sorted. I'm all calm and think, no, it's this work is ongoing. It's, you know, it will never be done. You never get there. But that's a whole different show. So I try to have a little more compassion with it without the empathy pushing me around. It doesn't always work. But that's the genuine spiritual journey. It's having compassion without having to make it about ourselves. So what does compassion look like? And this is where Brenny Brown sums it up brilliantly in one of her books. You know, if you have empathy, you sit back, sit down with them and go, yeah, I'm feeling the same. Compassion is, yeah, that must be tough. Notice the difference? Just imagine if you came over to me and said to me, oh, I broke my leg. And I, and I look up and go, yeah, I broke my leg once. It's like, how does that feel? But if you come over to me and say, I broke my leg, it's really painful. And I went, yeah, that must be rough. How are you coping? 
boom, the difference is huge. One's empathy, one's compassion. And this is where the genuine spiritual journey has to drive us more towards compassion and understanding for others, as opposed to the first part of the spiritual journey, which is about ourselves. And you have to go through these levels. You cannot just jump to one and you'll fluctuate. You'll do all this. But my spiritual journey, I wanted to reduce my suffering. But in reducing my suffering, I felt things deeper, way deeper. So I just misunderstood the spiritual journey. And that's my explanation. That's where I am suffering a whole lot less. I do suffer sometimes, but I suffer less. Do I feel pain? Yeah, I feel a huge amount of pain. When I hear about terrible things that are going on, that boat that sunk with, what, 300 people? How horrible. Imagine that. Imagine being one of them. You're setting off on the most, one of these exciting but treacherous journeys, and then suddenly you're seeing everybody around you dying and you go in the water. How horrible. And the people in the submarine. All of these things. And the people in Ukraine. We feel for it all. But do we let it debilitate us? Do, do we let it paralyze us in what we can do? No, there's nothing I can do about that thing right now. And it's not a fight that I'm choosing to take on. I cannot take on every fight. You cannot take on every fight. So you choose what fight to take on. That's the genuine spiritual journey. And take on your own first. Reduce your suffering, and then you won't put your suffering onto others. Does that, that's really important, actually. I never thought about that. That wasn't even in my notes. So deal with your pain, deal with your suffering, and then you'll still deal with pain. You'll feel it so much deeper, but you're able to help others. You're able to hold space for others. It's not a matter of fixing their pain. Someone comes to me with a broken leg. I'm not a doctor. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll fix that. No, they just want someone probably to go, yeah, that sucks. How are you coping? That's healing itself. Hope that makes sense. So the spiritual journey is about deepening your emotional spectrum. You feel things on the other side much better. You feel more joy. You feel more excitement. The enlightenment, the heart orgasms. It was called one day to me. You know, have you ever had a heart orgasm? I was like, no. That's interesting. What's that? And they said, it's when you're sitting or you're driving somewhere, you're doing something and you feel that amazing and you feel this radiant light coming from within and you feel warm and you feel comfortable and it's just everything's in place and you're in tune with the universe and the energy is just perfect. I was like, yeah, normally when I'm out in the car or listening to my favorite music and reminiscing and you see a butterfly and you just feel absolutely great yes so apparently it's called a heart orgasm who knew <laughs> but yeah have you ever had a heart orgasm that's one way of like actually starting up a conversation you just go up to someone oh by the way how's your spiritual journey going have you ever had a heart orgasm that'd be funny wouldn't it <laughs> if you ever bump into me in person ask me that that'd be so funny a, I'd know you listen to my podcast, and B, my face would probably just like, okay. <laughs> you know, our chimp in our minds always go to that place, doesn't it? You know, always does. Well, mine does. I'm projecting now. 
But anyway, so what else is about the spiritual journey? So we deepen our emotion, we build a, a spectrum of more joy, more pain, but we don't stay there very often. So we also build resilience. And the resilience is that we know things will change. So we're okay with it because we know we've already got it. We know we've already dealt with it. We know down the line things will be okay and it's not permanent. You know, I'm paralyzed just below my neck. And one of the things we're paralyzed is your body functions don't always work. And one of the most difficult things I go through probably once or twice a month is when my, now then, I'm sorry to give you this image, but when my bowels and all don't work properly. And the worst case scenario, and I'm lying on my bed and the carers have had to clean me up several times, and it is an absolute bloody nightmare. And I'm lying there and I'm in pain. I've got massive headache. It's just the worst case scenario. And if my life was that, I, I don't know if I'd like to live. But I know I have the wisdom because of the spiritual journey, because of all these things, that my life isn't that. That's parts of my life. I ex that's an experience in my life. It's not my life. So I know by lunchtime or by tea time, I'll be up in the chair and things will not be that bad. And it's that simple. Okay, I don't know if it's that simple, but certainly more difficult for my carers. But yeah, sometimes when I'm in pain, sometimes when life is really, really tough, I've got to remember that this isn't permanent. And that's that emotional resilience. So what is spiritual bypassing? Spiritual bypassing is a concept by John Wellwood. And what John says is basically it's denying their emotions, denying these deep emotions. I don't want to feel them because I want to feel joy all the time. So I'm going to get rid of my pain. And I often come across these people that will hug trees and I'm love and I'm this spiritual person that just feels happy. And how long does it last? You think to yourself, how many times have you done it that you're in a good place and you think that's it? And then suddenly, boom, what bottom again? Because it will always it will always come up, you know, you're sure as hell as taxes and government would do dumb things you're going to hit rock bottom again and again. And it may not be bang on rock bottom. The spiritual journey just makes us bounce a little higher and a little quicker, you know, instead of tumbling along the bottom. That's a good analogy for the suffering. So suffering is when you hit the bottom and you bumble along scraping and hurting. The spiritual journey is you bounce off the bottom and you come back. I love it. That works, doesn't it? You know, I feel like I need to change the title of the podcast now. You know, the bouncing ball of the spiritual journey. <laughs> I just love it. It's brilliant. It works. But yeah, you can see what I mean. So the spiritual journey is not about less suffering. And if you're trying to deny those feelings and you're trying to deny these feelings of deepness, you won't get the feelings of joy. It's like taking antidepressants and... I've, I took an antidepressants twice in my life. I am not against them. I, I think they're right with a doctor. If a doctor offers them, I think you should take them. I think it's part of getting over a, a moment in your life. I think I'm not against them. When I hit rock bottom with my 
bankruptcy. I took antidepressants for a year and it really helped me out. But what they do is they, they dull your feelings. They dull your pain and they dull your joy. You know, you ain't going to have those heart orgasms if you're on antidepressants because you don't get there. You don't have that rush and vice versa. You don't have to think. So it, it keeps you in that spectrum in the middle. So the spiritual journey is about opening up and experiencing all these. And the problem is the, the bypassing the spiritual journey will mean you either fall into it deeply and you'll find it really hard to get out because you haven't built the resilience, you haven't felt it properly, it will come up. Or you go into that joy part and you try to cling on to it so hard that you cannot, you're so fearful of letting go because you're in this wonderful moment of joy. You know, I know friends that literally find it really difficult to go in amongst the most difficult times because they haven't built the resilience to be able to be there. Now, if you can be with your family, if you can be with the most difficult people in your life, I'm not saying my carers are the most difficult people, they're not, but I've got people that are around me nearly all the time that I wouldn't overly choose to be around that much. You know, I love them to bits, but they're not my partners. That they're not people that you overly choose. They're paid to look after me and be around me. So they're my bodhisattvas. They're people that teach me constantly that, you know, that life is in that middle of not always sunshine and roses, that little bit of friction. They're teaching me it's not always perfect. And what it gives me is that ability to be with them and still be in a place of happiness, with that happiness line in the middle. And the happiness line is not above where it's all joy and happy. It's not. It's in the mundane. It's in the doing the hoovering. It's in the conversations that are not that exciting. It's in the normalness of every day. That's where the happiness is. Because if you're there and then you suddenly have a bad day and you go below it, you'll suddenly realize, oh, I just want to get back to the mundane. I long for the day when I can just pick up the hoover and hoover my house think about it how many times have you just wanted to get back to doing the dishes when something goes badly wrong yeah and that's what it's about it's realizing that happiness is in the mundane that you'll feel things deeply both ends and you'll suffer a whole lot less because you won't be scraping along a bottom like that bouncing ball i hope that helps <laughs> if this podcast helps you in any way please subscribe please leave a review let me know that makes what I'm doing well, what I'm not doing well. And yeah, I've got another podcast, Inner Peace Meditations. And just search for it on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple or Spotify. And if you want to support me in what I do, bringing less suffering to the world, more joy, more deeper feelings, then you can always head over to thankyoustephen.com. And all my links are there and you can treat me to a virtual hug. You are awesome. Thank you. And talking about the feeling things deeply, I love you. <laughs>